1: Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi. Joining me is my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, I hope my voice sounds better than I think it does. I I've told you earlier, I think I'm going to sound like Nick Nolte today. <laughs> I'm going to be the little guy from The Mandalorian from the season one.
2: <laughs> Everyone listening is like, oh, my God, is this Nick Nolte hosting the podcast this week?
1: Yeah, I I, I have uh, my voice has my voice has, has suffered from a week of coughing, but I, I did thankfully record this week's uh, musical <laughs> musical edition before my voice went out. So you'll all get to enjoy that later when we have our special guest on Ryan McGee from ESPN, who we're very excited to have on to talk about Star Wars, Super a, a, excited, about a topic that. we've discussed a good bit on this show, but I'm really interested to get Ryan's perspective on it, especially as a, a member of the I mean, technically he is co-workers with the members of the Star Wars
2: universe. Also so. true. He and at last week's guest, Clinton Yates and this week's guest, Ryan McGee, have a Star Wars podcast. So Amazing. never so the odds. So it's a it's a nice like there's a couple they have a couple other people on it too, but like um we'll definitely go into that and his his love for Star Wars and uh maybe we'll even talk a little bit about College World Series, which is where I know Ryan from, which is a ton of fun. So,
1: well, we, uh, we, I want to lead off the show as always with a voicemail from one of our listeners. And just as a reminder, uh, we will play your voicemails here on the show. If you call us and leave us one at 802-432-8308. Uh, you can also email us by the way, at for the water cooler at gmail.com. But we've got in a voicemail from Stuart, who is the first-time caller to the show this week. Let's, uh, let's play Stuart's voicemail.
0: Hey, Matt. here, Caroline. This is Stuart from Birmingham. Just wanted to call in and give you all a couple of movie opinions. Uh, I'm a first-time caller and also a first-time listener since last week was the first time I have tuned into the podcast. Um, so first, I wanted to start with Asteroid City. I heard you all talking about that on the pod last week. Uh, even for a Wes Anderson movie, I thought it was a little too pretentious. Uh, my friend fell asleep about halfway through and woke up <laughs> in the scene where they were chanting, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. You can't wake up if you don't would fall be asleep.
2: That so unsettling. He
0: woke up in a panic, looked around, saw me sitting next to him and said, "What? what is going on? I said, we're still in Asteroid City. You know, we're at the movies. And he let out a big sigh and said, oh, my God, this movie is still on. So that's that's the kind of experience we had with that one. Um, I did want to call in and give a movie recommendation. Uh, if, in case you all haven't seen it, Godzilla Minus One was probably my favorite movie of 2023. Uh, I've This was the first Godzilla movie I've ever seen. Uh, so I have no emotional connection to that franchise at all. But even if you take Godzilla out of it, it's a pretty remarkable movie and a very good character story, even without the giant monster in it. So if you haven't seen that one, I suggest go and see it. All right, thanks for taking my call. See y'all next week.
1: Nice nice work from Stuart, first-time caller, and he says first-time listener to the pod. But, Love that. Um, first of all, you're totally wrong about <laughs> I, I'm going to take our brand new listener and say, you're wrong. You're totally, I, I, for look, I, in, in all seriousness, I totally get why someone, especially someone who is not a huge Wes Anderson fan would be a little alienated and weirded out by Astro no, city.
2: No pun intended.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird movie.
2: And it's a it's, weird movie. It's weird,
1: but it is like, look, you go to a Wes Anderson movie And I think there's a lot to appreciate whether you have any idea what's going on or what's being said or not, because this dude is is crafting like physical objects in these movies that we do not get to see in movies anymore. People love to complain about how bad special effects look now. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have that complaint at a Wes Anderson movie because everything in that movie is a is a physical object made by somebody and painted and drawn and cut out and built it's very, by it people's play hands. Vibes.
2: It has very it's theater vibes, and this one was a huge play on the theater aspect of it because your watch. I, look, I'll be honest with it's you. It's like
1: it's about it's a movie that is about people making a movie or or about a people making a, making play, a play. But like same yeah. basic idea, and a lot of times movies like that turn off people uh, who are not like big cinephiles or whatever. And I totally get that.
2: I think that's where the, and I will say for Stuart, I think that's where the pretentiousness comes in, in the sense that like a lot of times, and I think it's either Wes Anderson hits for you or, or doesn't. I, I'm kind of 50, 50. My favorite is actually fantastic. Mr. Fox. I think that it's a lot of
1: people's of, favorite. I think, I
2: think that movie is the perfect way to like have the Wes Anderson quirkiness and the, like, like you said, the built, sets and everything's made and obviously it's like is that as claymation what is that anyway stop motion. It's, it's stop motion yeah but I yeah. Mean, it's, it's a like crafted world yeah.
1: that somebody made with their hands you
2: know but there's there i will say there is a lot of if you don't like wes anderson there's a lot of like well you just don't get it and that's where i think people get <laughs> extremely turned off by it because it's like you know, maybe sometimes it just doesn't hit and that's fine. Like I
1: I think people need to get a little more comfortable and I, and I'll include myself. I was
2: hoping you were going to be like cultured and enjoy the West. I
1: I think we all as a culture need to get more comfortable with watching movies and not understanding them and just, and being okay with that. Like, and and saying, Hey, I like, I just assaulted my brain with a bunch of images and ideas (laughs) and stuff. And it doesn't make sense to me right now, but like, that's kind of what we do when we're kids and then you'll grow up and like when you're, you know, 15, 20 years later, you'll have this moment where you go, this is kind of reminding me of this thing that I saw when I was a kid. And it didn't mean this to me when I saw it, but now it's been like rattling around in my brain and it's, I'm, I'm suddenly started connecting dots. Like, I think that's okay. And I think that we should think about movies. And it's totally fine to go, by the way, want to go watch like a Mission Impossible movie. And because that's fun too. But I think it's okay sometimes to look at a movie almost like we do like paintings in a museum where we go, I couldn't tell you what they were thinking when they made this. But like, I'm looking at something that was cool and well-made and it doesn't make sense to me right now. And maybe it will someday. You know? No,
2: that I'm sorry, but the sleep chanting thing will never make that's sense. Pretty,
0: to me. It's pretty weird,
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's where I'm like, Look, Stuart, I get it, I'm with you 100% on this part. Where it's like, I really enjoyed about 80% of that movie. I think we've talked about the Margot Robbie oh, scene. so good, it's phenomenal. I think there's so much quirkiness, and I really liked Jason Schwartzman. I thought, and that's the thing too, is like, Wes, Wes Anderson brings all of his people with him, Like it's gonna be the same. We don't have to rehash the whole Asteroid City thing. But that one like 20% where it's like kind of the when it went real weird near the end, I was like- When uh, it's a oh.
1: story within a story within a story, yeah.
2: Yeah. I was like, this was so close to being like one of my favorite Wes Anderson's and it's kind of lost me at the end. But I will say, so I really wanted to see Godzilla Minus One because I'd heard so much about it. Yeah. Um, and then it left theaters, but it's now back at Alamo in the black and white. So I'm trying to find a chunk of time to go see it in black and white because I have heard Amazing things about yeah. it. like and, and like the like Stuart said in the call in the voicemail, like not just because it's a Godzilla movie, but because it's like extraordinarily well made and like the yeah, I'm very I excited. definitely want to see it. I'm excited
1: about it, and I just haven't had the chance to to do it. But like if that's your first Godzilla movie, honestly, I would say try to stick to some Japanese ones. Um, yeah, I
2: was did we, what is the worst one you could watch next? Well, the, the American I mean, all of the, the American 19, ones What is the nineteen ninety-six Matthew yeah, Broderick the Matthew Broderick
1: one, one is really bad.
2: It, it, I actually recommend them for its horribleness. So yeah, really it's really like
1: bad. fully like that. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> like in that era of movies where there was a Taco Bell tie-in and like, you know, I have like a soft spot in my heart for, for that kind of era of movies. <laughs> yeah. <but> it's, <laughs>
2: it's the era where they try and make Matthew Broderick an action star. Yeah, and-, <laughs> and, the,
1: and the new ones, I would say are better than that, but they are in the same vein, right? Like the, the new... The ones that are all connected to each other, the Godzilla Kong stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: um, it's if you as long like, if you go into it knowing like this is just a big stupid Power Rangers movie, like you'll have a good time. It's, yeah there is nothing remotely profound about it. The way that Stuart was talking about Godzilla minus one, there's it's nothing to offer you emotionally. It's just big, stupid, giant monsters punching each other and doing wrestling moves uh, in a city and knocking buildings over.
2: Did you, I did watch something else this weekend. Speaking of being cultural and high class. Uh, Have you seen anatomy of a fall yet? I have not Caroline. You're ahead of me on this one. Yes. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's an it's. I've got a lot of questions about the French legal system. <laughs> <That's> a lot. <laughs> That's really that says
1: it all right there. That
2: yeah, because I mean the the premise, and this is not spoiling anything. Is the woman's husband is found dead outside the house, and she says he jumped or fell, and there's you know, enough where they're like this seems suspicious. So she ends up on trial. And um, it's more of a collaborative process <laughs> like in, the, in the French the French court
1: system. Like, As opposed to like adversarial where it's like
2: well, no, one I side mean like, versus the other. They'll have the, um, like person, someone come up to be on the stand or whatever, the witness, and they can still then go back to the person who is being prosecuted and ask them questions in the middle of it. Like, oh, oh. well, you told us this. And you have to like respond. Like, there's no like your time on the stand. Yeah, as if, like whatever. Um, and so yeah, I won't spoil anything. I will tell people. Um, the one thing I will say because I I I had a meltdown in the middle of watching this, sending all caps text to both Blake, our coworker, and Corey, our coworker, who I knew had seen it all caps, the dog does not die. I will say just that. that. I think that is the one spoiler
1: that we've all agreed is okay yes. to share is whether the dog dies in a movie or not.
2: Because there's a moment and when you watch it, you'll know, you'll know the moment <laughs> that I was like, does this dog die? <laughs> Am I going to have to burn down everything? Yeah. You would
1: have been out at that
2: point. Oh man. And it, Oh, I was, I, you should have seen the messages that I was <laughs> sending. Well, I was mad at them. I was like, "Did you not tell me that this dog died? You let me watch this movie and this dog died, and I have no idea." But no, the dog does not die. I'm just putting that out there for all of you
1: people. I I really want to see it. Uh, I'm I I know it's coming to streaming. I think this week, as we're recording, oh, it will be Please streaming somewhere.
2: I just paid to rent it. Well, look, you get
1: to enjoy it, and I mean, a little before the rest of us. It. Six, I 000. I did watch another Oscar nominee. I mean, we we had our Oscar nomination talk last week, yeah. and I have to say, this is a big mea culpa for me. I spent part of the show when we were having the 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 best actress discussion. I spent part of that discussion saying, did Mark like postulating was Margot Robbie's spot taken up by uh, 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 by that thing? <laughs> you saying admired. like was this like older actors? picking their, their buddy, their person of their generation. I have to say though, I watched NIAD over the weekend, which is on Netflix. Annette Bening earned her spot. She deserves to be there. I, I, I returning to the discussion last week, Margot Robbie was great. I would not, there is not a person in that category that I would say they don't belong there or they don't deserve to be there as much as Margot Robbie. And I, Annette Bening, is the lead of this movie she is the title character i didn't know anything about this movie caroline going into it and they've done such a poor job of publicizing what it is i really i I don't know what i thought i guess i i it was a title it's a weird title i thought it would be some kind of weird artsy movie this is like a feel-good triumphant sports movie and i i had no idea this is this is a movie and, and i'll try to avoid spoiling it but like this is a movie about a real woman who swam. She was a, a extreme distance swimmer. Like she oh, swam across the English channel. Now I have,
2: anxiety. Now and I have she, anxiety.
1: And she, as a pretty, as a pretty older person attempted to swim from Cuba to Key West. Absolutely. And it's a crazy story. Jodie Foster plays her trainer in it and she's fantastic.
2: So and Annette Bening is the swimmer.
1: Annette Bening is the swimmer. Jodie Foster is her trainer. They're both so good in this movie. And this movie is like, it, it. it is not the kind of movie that I would have thought would get Oscar attention. It is fully like, this is a good time Friday night, feel good movie. Go, I, I honestly, right. I really, I really think you would enjoy it, and I, right. I, I was totally su- surprised by it. I, it it is not getting the attention it deserves.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I am very much team. If you say someone should be on a team, like a first, first team all American type thing, like you have to tell us who you're taking off. So,
1: I can't take anybody out of Best Actress anymore. Yeah, and now that I've actually seen. Like- and yeah. jo- and Jodie Foster fully earns her supporting nomination too. It's it's a- it
2: didn't get a best picture or anything though, right?
1: No, it didn't. This those are the that's only two nominations it was got. It
2: was- anyway, that's I'm like I'm always kinda like, how do you have like two of the best actor noms and then like not Yeah,
1: I mean I get it. It's like it's not the, like the kind of movie that gets best picture discussion because it's a, it's a sports movie. Yeah. But like it's it's genuinely it's it's a very enjoyable experience. You will you will laugh and cry. It's a g- good time. Go check it out. Well, another thing that I've had a chance finally to watch this Yay! weekend, Caroline, and you had already seen it. You're, so I, I don't know how much of it you've already seen. Have I've seen, seen all
2: show? of it. All so nine
1: episodes. I've seen the first two episodes, which is all that's out as we're recording this, of Masters of the Air on yes. Apple. Yes. And I'll be honest, I was not like a band of brothers guy. So I don't have a ton of experience.
2: Like, hold on! You didn't watch it, or you didn't like it? I think I
1: watched it once when it came out, and I—it's I, not a thing that I've revisited. Highly oh, um, really recommend. Okay. But, but like, so, so look, I didn't—I don't know what I was expecting. I knew yeah. that Barry Keoghan was in it. I knew that Austin <laughs> Butler was in it. So, like, that's two pretty major stars in this show. But it's so much—it's so not what I was expecting from this show. I, yeah. I, I, I think. We've talked a little bit about before this like category of TV show that I like a lot where it's not necessarily all about big plot twists and um, character drama. And it's mostly like people being really good at a job. And I feel like this show kind of fits in that category so far through the first two episodes. There is for sure dramatic stuff happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what like what I love about this show is it's a it's a it's watching a bunch of guys, first of all, who are all really young, all of these characters, it's yeah. it's it's that thing of like it's World War II. So the, the people who are doing the most important and dangerous jobs in the world are like 20 years, years old. old. Yeah. And then yeah. you're watching them use all of this incredibly specialized equipment yeah. that was purpose built to do one thing and they all know how to do it even when they're like puking from airsickness. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's its own little world. Like these guys go up in these they call them buses, the B17s. B- the, the B- yeah. Yep. And everybody in the bus has a job and they're all doing it and they're like you get that like team dynamic of I, I know, know I can I know I can depend on this guy to do his job. It's just and I'll tell you another thing that I really love the, the the command structure is also really entertaining to watch, yeah. like watching the guys who are in charge making decisions and arguing with each other about it and saying, this is how, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And then there are like discussions about whether you're doing it the right way or not. And this all, I'm probably making it sound boring,
2: but to, <laughs> yeah. Well, so for people, I mean, I think hopefully everyone's heard me talk about this before and I'm like what it is, but it's it's a World War II, app ep- like series based solely on they're focused on the 100th Bomb Division, which was called the Bloody Hundred. So this is all like I don't know what you call this genre because it's not like a documentary. I guess this is historical fiction. Like how does that work? Because these are so, people are, so real. are The
1: characters, the, the characters, characters themselves. Are real. The I characters mean, I would say I would say it's like. uh it, it's a it's a non-fiction it's it's yeah, it's, it's a narrative to... it's narrative non-fiction
2: yeah and so and what i also found fine so as you said these are two huge stars right they started this process in about 2016 2017 and i think Austin you can Butler, tell
1: because because barry kilgan is not a major major character in the show i mean he's, right
2: and he's he because he wasn't he's he, not a lead he wasn't that like the salt burn got like you know, right now Barry is having a moment. I don't like, think
1: he had even been in Eternals yet. At, no, then, if that's when he started. And Austin Butler
2: it. obviously hadn't been in Elvis yet. Like this was pre Elvis, Austin Butler like this. And that's why I laugh when people are like, oh, he can't get rid of the accent. Like, he didn't have the accents. He hadn't been in the movie. yet. Like this is just like also how he kind of talks. But um, and so it follows four main characters. Um, two majors, which is Callum Turner, Austin Butler. Um, and they're buck and Bucky, which is fun and confusing at times. And then you have, um, the narrator who is played by Anthony Boyle, who is just delightful. Um, who's our Harry Crosby, who's the navigator who's throwing up a lot. And then you have later in a few episodes, you'll be introduced to Rosie. Um, who's a pilot who's like one of the newcomer pilots. And so it follows their journey. Um, and it's, It's something, so I was able to speak to the, one of the executive producers and he, uh, Gary Yeah. And he worked on, he's worked on like everything that Tom Hanks has ever done, which is incredible in itself. But he obviously was on Band of Brothers in the Pacific. He's a, he's a Playtone executive. Yes. And these are the guys who did Band of Brothers in the Pacific, like the whole crew back together. They also got a bunch of like incredible directors for these episodes, but I could go on all these details. Yeah. The first,
1: is the first episode, am I right? That's Carrie
2: uh Yeah. Yeah. So, and get what Gary Gutzman told me was, and this is very similar to my personal fave, Top Gun Maverick, is with aviation-based things. Previously, until the last couple years, essentially, the technology wasn't good enough to do justice to an aviation-based story in filming it and doing all these things. And so, the episodes are expensive. That they, they, they spent, I think they, I saw somewhere estimated between two hundred fifty million to three hundred million on this series. And again, Apple, this is actually one of this series that Apple has pushed the hardest. Like there are lots of commercials. There are Instagram ads. There's, I've seen things where it's like, you know, masters of the air out January 26th, like all this stuff. Um, but a lot of that, like I think they do an incredible job. There's only ten airworthy B-17s. <laughs> like I did all this research because that's how I end up <laughs> when I watch these. I things. mean, this could
1: not be more up your alley. I
2: not... know, and yeah. so I did, they do they built some B-17 models to do stuff with on the ground and whatever to have it look like, and that makes sense because at the time in 1944 or whatever it was that they're basing the action. Um, B-17s were new. They were being built new because those were like the new technology planes that were being flown. So it's Yeah, you fine hear coffee.
1: them talk in the show about like, oh, we got to wait. Like if they lose one, basically they're like, we got to wait till they crank another one out. Before
2: yes. One. Oh gosh. Anyway, I love this. Show. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. And I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, It's gotten really great reviews. It's like certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't know the cadence of the episodes if it's going to be one per week after the first two or whatever. But I think that's of, what they're doing, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I absolutely loved and what I think they did so well and these are all, Band of Brothers specific, they're based on books and memoirs written by people that were there that are t- sharing the stories and that makes sense, obviously. Uh, but what, especially Band of Brothers is the thing that everyone everything is compared to because it was the the gold standard that was, even though None of the actors were nominated for Emmys, but I don't have time. Um the camaraderie, because you have to care about the people. Right. And like what they're going through. And that's why this cast is so special, I think, because like Callum Turner is, I think, going to have an incredible career after this. Um, he's fantastic. He plays one of the leads across in his chemistry with Austin Butler on screen. They play two best friends that came over together from the States, and now they're in England flying these missions. Um, and all of them i think i texted you maybe i texted someone else and i had a conversation with anthony boyle who again plays the narrator and he talks about how like someone told him he has he works in period pieces because it looks like he hasn't seen the internet and so they did a really good job of casting like they didn't have ipad face like none of these guys look like they've seen TikTok. so no i mean
1: especially austin butler and barry kilgan I, I, i i already could have told you about them that like They look like they're from another era and and a lot of the, a lot of the casting in this is like that. I I think it's interesting, which I wouldn't have known this had I not watched some of the interview clips that you did with the cast, that like, other than Austin Butler, the vast majority of the cast are actually English or, or Irish, or from the UK in general playing 1940s Americans, which is, which is funny especially considering in the show, these guys are in England and they all hate Englishmen.
2: Yeah. The They've they, they with the RAF, but yeah. And so I will say too, I, like I said, I've, I've talked to a couple of them, but one of the things that's so special to me as someone that like my grandfather served in world war II as a B 24 tail gunner, like my father flew, obviously I flew, Um, is that these are like real people's stories. And so I asked both Callum Turner and Austin Butler, actually I'll switch switch order. Austin Butler answers the question first. So Austin Butler and Callum Turner about their experience playing, um, Gail, Gail Clevin and John Egan. Um, and I thought their answers were super awesome. So we're going to drop those in for you here. What extra that you had the ability (laughs) to really dig into your characters, what kind of research did you get to do or experience shared with learning about your, your buck and your Bucky?
0: You know, I started with a lot of reading and and watching and and just trying to find as much as we possibly could For, for myself. There was this really helpful moment when, uh, Clevin's family sent a a home movie that they had recorded of him and it was it was not uh, you know it it was I don't know maybe a year or two before he passed away and uh and so but he just had these incredible stories and hearing the tone of his voice and hearing how he told stories and um, and I just I felt like I could see his soul, you know, and and that that was that was the most helpful thing for me. They're the coolest guys. Yeah. Uh, I, the, 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 Egan's the coolest character I'm ever going to play. You know, he's a real life hero, and he, on top of that, he's 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 outlandish and gallivants and mm. sings and dances and does what he wants. But at the crux of it, he's one of the people that saved the world. You know, and it's that juxtaposition is just such a beautiful thing for me, and i, I I feel like crying all the time because of how lucky I am that I got to play him. Right? Seriously. And it means so much to me this. And uh and it did at the time and and I think it always will.
1: What a cool what a cool interview with with those two guys. And um, you know, I, I think one thing that lends itself really well to this like character-driven story about the show. And not that, not that there's not great character work in the Top Gun movies. Right. But like, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think the Top Gun movies started
2: focuses on the flying and, and it
1: started a trend of, I think fighter jets specifically being like the thing to show in movies. Yeah. So it's much more action oriented and outside the plane photography. Whereas like, I don't know that there's a lot of movies and TV shows about guys that flew in these bombers where it's a group of them and it's much more about them
2: around in the they're,
0: plane
1: <laughs> they're communicating with each other it has a little yeah. bit and we're going to we'll talk about this actually later with Ryan but like it's a little bit more millennium falcon than x-wing because yeah. there's like parts of this are like there's a guy in one part of the plane and he has to get up and run to the other part of the plane to tell people something yeah. which is not something you would think about at all in a in a in an air force type movie you know i think i think that's really a really cool dynamic and it actually like puts more of an emphasis on the characters in yeah. a way
2: yeah and I, i'm excited i'll ask you each week when new episodes come out for a little we'll do like a two-minute segment on masters of the air for i you.
1: mean that's mostly like I, i'm just texting you during the show like asking you to
2: <laughs> explain flack to me and stuff <laughs> it's my favorite but yeah so um I'm excited for people to see it because I truly, 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 truly love the show. Um, and so I've been very i'm I'm ready to like write people off if they hate it. So it's very exciting for me. Um, <laughs> no pressure. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break. and then we will be back with the aforementioned Ryan McGee. We're very excited to chat with him about the galaxy far, far away. And welcome back to the second half. Of the episode, as we mentioned at the top, we're very, very excited to have a special guest here this week. a senior writer for ESPN and from Marty and McGee, Ryan McGee. I haven't seen you since Omaha. So I
3: know <laughs> I, so I have my Omaha people, and, and people yeah. I, I go every year, and and you know, there are just certain people I only see in Omaha, and you're in the group, and so mm-hmm. uh, so it's good to see your face, not you know, not in June.
2: No, true.
1: We're so excited to have you. And Ryan, I just want to say I'm I it's a it's a thrill to have another Southern accent on the show for once.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Not yeah, just well, me anymore. And it's genuine. So like, like so That's why right. you're not Brian telling yeah, yeah. us. Exactly. So Marty and McGee, <laughs> like the one of the great one of the weirdest things about Marty and McGee. Is you know, we've been on TV several years now. We, we started a podcast no one listened to a decade ago and became a radio show. But 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 what the, one of the craziest developments are people who accuse the two of us of faking our accents. <laughs> <laughs> we get it all the time, and That's I, I'm wild. like, I, yeah, I'm like, y'all don't even know. Like when I lived in Connecticut, right out of college, I went to work for ESPN in Connecticut, and I was the I was the first Southerner to go north on ninety five, right? And so I, I moved to Connecticut for a couple of years. Company was a lot smaller back then. It was in the '90s. There's no Southerners in the company, and Reese Davis had scrubbed his accent. And Stu Scott, at the time, who's from Greensboro, was claiming to be from Brooklyn, and (laughs) and so it was and it me. And so the people would treat me like a like a foreign exchange student. Like they speak really loud and slow to me. Do you? like eating grindos. I get that kind of stuff all the time. And, but I would say, damn, if y'all ever heard, if y'all heard like anybody I went to high school with, you would realize that I sound like Winston Churchill, right? Compared
0: to, <laughs> compared to those guys.
3: So, uh but yeah, but, it, but, it, but I've good. seen
1: I I've run into to Marty at the Dr Pepper machine at SEC Media Day, so I know yeah. that one's real too. I can testify. Oh yeah,
3: no, it's and he is. <laughs> I mean, he is a hillbilly, and he'll tell you that. I'm from down. I'm I'm from I'm a downeaster from down east North Carolina. So when you put the two, but the cool. I mean, it, it we just can't believe. It's why we can't believe we have a show because there's <laughs> no way. We we grew up in the '90s, and you know, and, and me for me even in the '80s, and it was like you know they told me very early on you you. You won't be on TV. You will not be on the radio. You had to sound like Tom Brokaw, right? You had to sound very neutral. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Marty and I don't tell anyone, but they haven't canceled this yet. And we are still hanging in there.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. I love it so much. And actually, this week, we've been texting for a couple of weeks to set this up. And I, when we got it locked in, I was like, okay, all we need is a pop culture potluck item that you want to talk about. You were one of the quickest replies we've ever gotten. Uh, usually, there's a lot of panic. <laughs>
1: Wow. Just for, the, for the listeners, it's, Ryan is holding up a, a physical block lettered Star Wars logo.
3: I mean, it's literally much to my wife's chagrin. You see my office and it's just like nothing. I mean, I do I've got a Captain America Shield and I got some football stuff and some NASCAR stuff, but everything else is like
1: I I think we've got, got a, a prequel movie poster directly behind your head, if I'm correct about that. Yeah,
3: my daughter gave that to me. So if yep. you see it, yeah. And then and then I have these. I got these for Christmas right below that is the actual patent document for like the toy lightsabers that they started making in the 2000s. That's amazing. No, it's my, I'm the easiest father's day slash (laughs) birthday slash Christmas just a few weeks ago. It basically, it was like you would have thought a 12 year old boy lived in the house because it just, it was just stuff, you know, but, but you know, good for me. Good for, good for, good for for, for Lucasfilm. I I buy (laughs) the stuff. I work for Disney. So, so I people say like, Oh, you're just doing this because I always wear star Wars rings and ties and stuff. on Marty McGee in the fall. And I was, Oh, you're just doing this because you're a company guy. No, 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 no. I was doing this. I'm a, I'm OG to the seventies. So George Lucas was making his money off me. Long before we were technically teammates,
1: we're, so so what's the first what's the first Star Wars toy that you remember getting?
3: Uh, I've got it actually. So I have, I still have my original. Um, Uh, For for if you're watching, this is my original case from. I mean, again, I'm older than y'all think I am, and this is. uh, I mean, this is from the '70s. This is. uh, So these are
1: the Kenner. These are the Kenner.
3: These are the Kenner. Right, Kenner action. I mean, that's this is.
1: (gasps) These are these are incredibly prized.
3: No, 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 no. It's it's and uh, I I don't want to know how much all this is worth, because. Because I don't, want, I'm never going to sell it. There you go, Bubba Fett. I just showed you oh guys go Skywalker. Sweet, so know, so
1: Ryan Ryan has a case here, like yeah. a, like a plastic case that is filled with the original yeah. Kenner action figures. And, that ca- and
3: th- this case is OG. I mean, this case is um the the artwork on the front is is you know a New Hope and uh, no, it's everything I have is original. So we do. Uh, you know we're we're getting this podcast cranked up at ESPN it's it's uh never tell me the odds and it's with Clinton yates who who Carolina knows very well and then uh, Arto Ocal, whose name sounds like a Jedi but he's a, he's a, <laughs> a hockey, he's a hockey analyst and a sports center anchor at ESPN. and and we're getting this thing cranked up but I'm I'm very fortunate I don't have a lot of I don't have any gray hair my beard's getting a little gray but I'm older than people think I am so I'll start telling stories of these guys about going and seeing, you know, a new hope in the theater when I was a kid and they're like, well, there's a re-release. No, no, no. That was, that was 1977. And so it's uh. I, but I have all the stuff I still have. I mean, I do. The greatest gift I was ever given ever will be given was my full size millennium Falcon, um, which I received, you know, in the, in the early eighties. That's the one thing I don't have. My, there was a flood in my parents' house and, no. you know, very typical, right? Like your baseball cards or whatever and my millennium falcon got destroyed in the flood but i still have i still got the x-wing i still got i mean i still got it all so so it's uh yeah all my stuff is i have all the new stuff and i also have all the old stuff and so years from now my poor daughter is gonna be one of these people on hoarders right you gotta get rid of dad's stuff you know (laughs) or or calling in the the guys from iowa the guys the uh the guys that go through the barns and stuff and (laughs) Yeah, it, 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 like uh, you Pinkers, know my dad has yeah. four storage sheds of you know of plastic toys and so someone's like, gonna go buy
2: what is it the one where they the um storage units that people buy yeah and, like,
3: that's it yeah, you watch these shows and it's like barns and storage units and they're just full of crap that they got at, like yard sales and this <laughs> woman, be my daughter yeah this is my my dad has 17 captain america shields and he has you know <laughs> 300 you know but yeah what well, it's but we're i tell her all the time uh she has no idea how good she has. It. She's 19. You know, when, when the, when the, when the first Avengers film came out dropped, she was like, you know, she was nine and you know, then she got the star Wars sequels. You know, she, she kind of watched it in reverse. And I tell her I, I'll stand in like the Disney store. I was just like, you, do you understand how good you have it? Because when we were kids, it was, you know, when we were walking uphill in the snow every day, we also not, we didn't get any movies. And the TV shows, Marvel shows, were awful, and uh, and now you know now I, I love it when people complain. The young people complain. It's too much content. Whatever I, you know,
1: I know, it's totally it's wild. Ryan, this is a subject that comes up a lot on the show because I'm I'm a little younger than you, but I am also a dad of a teenager, and it it is it is hard for for us people our age to like get across to younger fans. The idea that, like for me, and I was born the year Return of the Jedi came out. Yeah. So my whole life being into Star Wars, it was like something that was being passed down to me that I wasn't an active part of, but I was. I was really into it, right? And there were there were toys I could buy. Uh, I was like the micro machines generation of yeah, a Star Wars fan. Yeah. But like it, it, in terms of the movies, it's just what there was. And you can watch it and rewatch it and getting it on VHS was cool. Getting it on DVD was cool. But like, it wasn't this sort of, um, to to me, and and I'm sure there's a lot of fans who don't, who disagree with me. To me, as a person who my whole life, I considered myself like, in any room, I probably was the biggest Star Wars fan there. But now it feels like there's so much stuff coming out that like I'm in like the bottom half of the fan base in terms of how much of it I've seen and, and am aware of anymore.
3: Yeah. And it's it used to be, you know, you had that expanded universe and it was books and it was comic books and it was and it's funny because people will bang on like the, the the infamous holiday special, right? Um that's all we have, man. That's, that's it. You know, <laughs> you know and, and so, so, Scraps, you, you, yeah. right. You can, you can bang all you want on Donnie and Marie doing their Star Wars special. I remember it because it's all we had. You know, Were you pumped for it. Did you oh my God. When, when Mark Hamill was on the Muppet show, it's the biggest thing that ever happened in the history of television to me. <laughs> you know, and so we just didn't have anything. And so, and what's really striking too is like, I, I will, I will literally stop what I'm doing to watch any of the films, any of them but I'm a return of the Jedi guy. I am, you know, the 40th anniversary. Right. I know how old you are. Cause we just had the 40th anniversary and I bought all the gear, but the, but that's the one. And so for me, um, and when, the, when return of the Jedi, all the 40th anniversary stuff. And the, I live in Charlotte and the, and the Charlotte symphony played the live music. And I went to that. Um, but they re-released the film on the anniversary day in the theater. And I've seen the movie so many times. I could literally recite it all right now. I mean, I, I have, I have books about Admiral Alvar here in my office, but, yeah. But seeing it in the theater was stunning. It was stunning yeah. because the last time I had seen it on the big screen was probably when they did the special editions in the late nineties.
2: Yeah, um, it's not the same
3: technology. but just seeing it on the big screen. And so yeah. th- you're talking about your teenager, like my. What well, the cool thing is, this is what my daughter and I have, right? she's not really into sports because sports is what has kept dad on the road her whole life. Right. So I get yeah. that. And she loves movies and she loves production. She wants to get into TV and film production, which is great. Cause I, I love that stuff, but our connection is Marvel and star Wars because yeah. that's what we went to see. Now her mother, my, my wife, and my daughter have, they have connections over different things, but for us, you know, it wasn't sitting down and watching the ball game. It was going to, you know, three Marvel movies a year and then say all, say what you want about the sequels. Those are the films that my daughter and I love together. Right. And yeah. so, so it's, it's been, it's been really, it's been great. I mean, and it's cool because it's just this connection that we have over something that I love and something that she loves. And, you know, we go, we went to Disneyland back in uh, last May. My wife got her master's in school out in California. My daughter and I went out for graduation and, you know, we're, we're at California adventure at the Marvel campus where we'd never been. And both yeah. of us with big tears in our eyes. <laughs> and then, and then, then we go across the way and we're at galaxy's edge that night, both of us with big tears in our eyes. And that's just, that's, you know, that's, yeah, it was awesome, always,
1: right. Yeah. And it was special. Yeah, the galaxy's edge stuff is pretty, pre, even oh. if you're the most cynical oh. person about star Wars, oh.
2: it's so cool. It's, it's the really
1: greatest. Cool. And yeah. then the,
3: Mar- and the Marvel campus and um the adventures campus in, in at California venture is it's just striking. You know, you just come around the corner and, you know, Black Panther's just walking around and talking to people. And I it's like, like you know, it's just it, – Spider-Man literally does a whole stunt show, like, up in the sky. So it's – the whole thing's cool. But but, Galaxy's Edge – no, no, my wife has the most hilarious video. In fact, I think I'm – yeah, I'm wearing my – I'm yeah, wearing my one. Smuggler's Run hat here. Yeah. But the first time we went in Orlando, and we were supposed to go, and then it was COVID. And we were supposed to go, and something else happened, and finally we got to go. And um, my wife has the most hilarious video that I didn't know she was shooting. <laughs> of me, just walking, and like I'm walking past everything because there's only one place I'm going. And yeah. as soon as I turn the corner, and the Falcon is sitting there, um, I started crying. I just did. It's because it's just you're seven years old again, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. that, it's just that. I met uh Saturday night. My all time favorite basketball player is going to Thor Bailey. I grew up in Raleigh. Thor Bailey played on the 1983. You know, speaking of return of the job on the 1983 national championship team for NC state, the legendary cardiac pack. He was my all time favorite player. I've always worn 41 have never met him. Uh, my coworker Holly Rowe, who works on the Utah jazz broadcast texted me on Saturday, get to the arena. And I got to meet Thor Bailey and the look on my face in that video is the look on my face. When I saw the Falcon, it's just, <laughs> you get to an age where you want to connect back. You want to feel that again. And when it catches you off guard, um, it's 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 the greatest feeling in the world, and that's how I feel. I'll well, be at Galactus Edge in two weeks, and I'll feel that way again.
2: <laughs> well, shout out to that '83 NC State team. Both my parents went to State, and my mom tells us about that all the time. Um, yeah, there you go. When you think back to, I know my dad saw it in '77. He always told us like one of the coolest things was the first scene, the ship destroyer comes over the top. Of no, you.
3: it changed your life. And- it's, not, it's not an exaggeration. Changed your life, and, I, and, I, yeah. I, and I, I'm, I'm with. There, there, I got millions of people that will tell you the same thing.
2: Yeah. And when you think back, when you talk about going back to how you felt at seven, what do you think when you think back on star Wars and the impact that it had on your life? And people always want to make fun of shit like that, where it's like, Oh, did it have such a big impact? Like whatever. Yes, it did. You know what? Yes, it did. Um, and I'm not saying just star Wars, but when people get into fandoms or things that they really care about, Marvel, all these things kind of, we discuss Harry Potter, et cetera, et cetera. Because I remember feeling walking around the corner at Universal and seeing Diagon Alley the first time. right? And I was an adult and I was like this is just it takes you back to the childhood. But when you think back to being young Ryan and you leave the theater, what was it about Star Wars specifically that has that spoke to you then and was able to like keep that connection through your whole life?
3: Well, it was, you know, for me, you know, I I was I was a kid seven, or six, I guess. And so you know, it's probably the first film that in the theater like elicited huge emotions in me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was part of it, but just the visuals of it. I mean, it just didn't, it didn't, just didn't make any sense. Like it was so much for your brain. I saw it, the little Shelby, North Carolina cinema one and two, I think I saw it four times, you know? And and so I, and, and, and it was like, and I want to tell all my friends back to see it and just, it gave you, it opened up your imagination. I think that's yeah. it. You know, you know, you, you're, you are the, in the Harry Potter generation, right? I mean, our, our, our you know, Mike Gold Jr. Tells me all the time. He goes, that's we're the Harry Potter kids and, and, and Harry Potter is amazing. It doesn't connect with me because I had just gotten married and it just wasn't, you know, we tried to go see the first one and my wife was pregnant and got sick during the Quidditch scene, you know, we had to leave. <laughs> right. And so, so, and, and then my daughter was a little too young. And so yeah. she's seen the films and has read some of the books, but it just, but, but, but my window was before and after that. And so it's, um, yeah. but, but, but it's that idea. And What's funny to me are the people, the people, you know, Star Wars, like, I, cause I always, I have a different ring and a tie and all stuff I wear when I do the show, Marty McGee on Saturday mornings, you know, in the fall or on the road. And I'll get these guys that, why well, ah, yeah, you nerd and this and that, so and so and so on, so, on, yeah. so on. I go, you know, dude, We just showed a replay of kick six during the show on the screen. and I watched you cry. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. you
1: You tied the two together earlier, which I think is interesting, talking about having the same emotional reaction to seeing this big physical manifestation of this thing from the movie you've liked since you were a kid and having that same reaction to this basketball player that you've cared so much about. And I mean, I really do think there's a there's a ton of crossover between sports fandom and pop culture fandom in certain sure. certain aspects. Of oh, Star yeah. Wars is one of those things. But like there there, I, I, you know, it's funny that I think this is much less the case now, but for so much of our people our age's life, it was there was some shame associated with being a Star Wars fan. It was nerdy. And, and a geeky thing to be into, whereas like if you know the the on base percentage of the second baseman of the Cincinnati right. Reds, that's somehow not nerdy to know. that. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's the yeah. the guy, the guy who wears his hockey jersey to church. Right, the guy, <laughs> the, the guy, the guy who wears his Shohei Otani jersey to the grocery store. And the, you know, all the guys this past week, the, the the people, all the men and women this past weekend, who wore, you know, their their you know, their Barry Sanders jersey to try to give the Lions good luck or whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's yeah. cosplay. That's cosplay. It's this exact same thing. The 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 dude wearing the the jersey, you know, the Joe Namath jersey to the Alabama games. He cannot give me a hard time for dressing up like Captain America. He can't because it's the same thing. And the same people who will, I do sports center a lot of times from my house in my basement. And my basement is about half and half sports stuff. And, you know, Marvel and Star Wars stuff. And I have a line of helmets in the back. And there's um, there's a, a race worn Jimmy Johnson helmet, you know, next to the my Luke Skywalker helmet, which, which is next to my Captain America, you know, OG World War II helmet, which is next to, you know, a Mandalorian mask, which is next to Ricky Craven's helmet that he wore. You know, when he won at Martinsville, it's just it, it it's next to a football helmet from the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's all the same thing. So if yeah. I if I have those things behind me, and meanwhile in you, in your you know your sports cave at your house, you know you have the jersey that the guy signed for you, or you have a helmet that you bought at the bookstore at all at the Auburn bookstore, then it's the same thing, man. And it, and I don't, it's the passion of it. That's, that's the cool. One. And, and it's in it, you're right, Matt. Cause it's like growing up, there was a little bit of shame attached to it, but now we're living in the golden age of nerds. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it really is. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but, but you can't, you talk about baseball, Colin, you cannot get on, I'm not a big analytics guy. So, but you cannot get on me because I don't understand war. And and I can't get into you know ten pages of Bill James baseball analytics. You can't you can't get mad at me if I want to have a nuanced you know conversation about you know kyber crystals. Same thing.
1: same thing. Well, I I have to say I am listen. The the more, not that I ever doubted you, but the more we're getting into it, the more I'm I'm starting to become concerned that my my trivia challenge I have planned for us this week. It's not going to be challenging
2: enough for you,
3: Ryan. Oh, God. He's
2: going to smoke, absolutely yeah, smoke. I will, we'll, see. I
3: will, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Ryan,
2: what has been your favorite new Star Wars content? Like, we now are, especially like, I'm with you. I would consume every single ounce of everything you want to put in front of me. I'm like, Secret Invasion, not my favorite. I'll watch all of it. Don't care. Yeah. Um, what has been your favorite newish, like, we'll say, I don't want to, I don't want to do like the episode. Disney era. Like, yeah, I guess maybe like the Disney, Disney era, maybe Disney plus era. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it open to you, but like the newer content, what has been your favorite?
3: Um, in I, I mean, I, you can't, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's hard to beat the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, and that has a lot to do with, okay. again, yeah. has a lot to do with me watching it with my daughter because yeah. my daughter, um, really was raised on the prequels, you know, before we saw mm-hmm. the sequels. And so, you know, and I, I remember she's a little girl, uh, she loved Hayden Christensen so much mm-hmm. and loved Annika Skywalker so much and was so heartbroken, you know, when she, when, when, when obviously when he fell on the dark side, she even had like a, she still has it. She has like a, this doll size action figure that looked, I mean, the, it looks just like him. It's crazy. Yeah. But I remember her looking at me as a little girl and saying, how did he not get nominated for an Oscar for this? And it was the sweetest thing because I want to go, babe, you don't even understand <laughs> that poor guy's life was ruined because yeah. people said he couldn't act or whatever. But I just, but the Kenobi series was so good because, uh, to me, what, what's great about now is that you can be as hardcore deep dive as you want to be, yeah. and you can also keep it on the surface level. And you know, and if you want to watch some uh, a dark, honestly, kind of hard to hear, you know, slow build up mystery, that's Andor, right? I mean, that's Andor's a grown up television show. And yeah. if you want something that ties in back into the old days, then you've got Kenobi. And if you want something that is tied to all the new stuff, and I say new stuff and everything's come out since 2000, then, you know, now you have um, Ahsoka and you have these. So, so I just, I like the fact that you have different levels of it and you can be as, as deep dive as you want to be not even getting in all the animated series and, and all that right, stuff it, where- it, it, it visions and all that so you can watch as much as you want or as little as you want but that's what I like but I, but Kenobi's tough to top. and I tell you the guilty pleasure for me is solo if solo oh, was
1: so- on, I, was I really about- like solo a yeah. lot. No, solo oh, so, solo you-
3: solo is a good film that was destroyed by the people who think they love it more than we do yeah. you know, <laughs> you know and, and the timing of it was bad you know it came out too soon after the film right before it and there, there's a lot of that um, but but that movie's so good yes. and it doesn't have to change your life part of, part of the problem with I think a lot of the old school fandom is they want to recapture that, that feeling we were just talking about about yeah. you know the opening shot of A New Hope yeah. that's a one time deal and you know and and I'm ne- I, the reason I love Return of the Jedi was I've never been that moved emotionally in a film, never. I mean, I was 12, and it just was the way that thing ended, and I was like, "That's it." I mean, it's never going to get any better than that. Is and so, right. right. And now, because there's a lot of content, you know, it doesn't all have to change your life. Right. And and I think that's the part that people struggle with, which is, um, you know, th- they want to recreate the moment that 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 altered their chemistry, and the reality is is um they're not all going to be like that. So solo, if solo's on, I'm done. Like I'm so solo is the, we always talk about if you're on the road, which we all are all the time and you just got out of the shower. I mean, not, it's a TMI, but you know, you got to shower and your TV's on in the, in the hotel room. What's the movie you will sit on the corner of the bed yes. and have <laughs> to go a shower again. Scenario, right. You sit there. Yeah. Right. For like an hour and a half. That's <laughs> it, So solo solo's on that list.
2: Uh one last one before we pop into the um trivia, but have you ever dabbled? So my sister is big in the Knights of the Old Republic games and stuff. Yep. Like she plays. Have you ever dabbled in the online world of all this stuff? Or is that see the, his, I mean, especially with the amount you travel? It's probably really hard to get like yeah. super.
3: Also I also had a daughter. So so what I always tell everybody is I I have a set of golf clubs and I have a PlayStation, but I also have a daughter. So I've not used <laughs> the other I've not used the other two in years, right? Now I have I've got a PS4 and I have the VR helmet. Now what I will do, I'm never in the house by myself. My daughter's in college now, but I'm never in the house by myself. But my, my wife's going to leave for a gig uh, right before I go to Daytona. So I'm going to be home by myself for about two or three days. And if you need me, I will be full Ready Player One into uh, you know <laughs> I, I I've got the I've got the Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, yeah, I got the VR version. I will literally. Dude, i'll disappear for three captain morgan and i will get into an x-wing and fly around for about four <laughs> hours those
2: games are t- yeah she had me i've on the. i've been on the computer like the online games with her and stuff
3: yeah and she- it's they're amazing and yeah. and and so beloved that characters from the video games are going to be crossing over into the television shows like oh, very soon
1: stoked. yeah it's yeah. such a it's such a it's a it's a franchise that lends itself so well to video games like maybe yeah. more than any other because i mean like every Who single
2: want to wield a lightsaber right like i mean they've, been, they've
1: literally whatever. been making star wars computer games since like the apple II or whatever and, oh, yeah. and they've pretty much have all been pretty good
3: no i'll play them all no the the x-wing fighter
1: yeah x-wing a, was, i was gonna say that, 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 fighter, a, that yeah. was a
3: pc game yeah and I, I would play that thing forever i'm not a big First-person shooter guy, I, I like them fine, but I don't have the time like that. Like I need, I need to keep it simple. I need to get in. I don't, I don't have time for, you know, a, a journey of life. I, I need, I, I got, I got thirty minutes. Being sent something. on
1: quests. Exactly by right. People. I got thirty yeah.
3: minutes. I've got an old school um, console in the house that my wife gave me. Again, I'm twelve. She gave it to me. It's like it looks like the old Pizza Hut sit-down video. Game. It's got like five hundred games on it. So I, I'll sit there and play Miss Pac-Man and I'll play Galaga, and I'll play all those things because I, that's the time I have. I wish I had the time to – like like when I was single, a big surprise, I was single, and I would spend days building my teams in Madden, right, <laughs> NCAA college football. I've created an entire university, my own uniform. I've been in that hole, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no me me, <laughs> me going into to MLB uh, and creating all the players that are like me and my buddies from college, right, I, I don't I don't I don't even what did that what was I doing? Like I don't I don't have time now it's, it's to like stunning.
1: it's yeah. stunning to think back about how you you and your buddies would spend like literally you would skip class for an entire day while yeah. you all built up the attribute points for a tight end who was named like Dumb Man.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Score every no, no, t- I, 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 touchdown I, every play with him.
3: <laughs> if I can fire up the PS two. Which is probably in a box somewhere. I could sh- and I'd find the right memory card. All my dude, Super Dave Montgomery and Dynamite Collins and Dirty. <laughs> I mean, and French. All, all my buddies, my Air Force buddy. All my buddies. I got my brother, my dad. You know, I rec- and in, and our team includes like you know John Smoltz and like David Ortiz. Right, but, but I had the time. I had the time back then to do it. I just great. I, I think I don't yeah. think we need to feel shame
1: about this. I think no, this no, is no, just no, our I'm generations. Good. This is our generations' version of like skipping rocks at the lake or whatever people did in the fifties
3: or whatever. All I really <laughs> want to do is so Caroline's like flown like you know she's a pilot. That's all I really want to do. I mean, it's honestly yeah. Uh, and, we just uh, we just want
1: to get close to Caroline's lived experience.
3: I did, all I want I want to put that headset on and put that VR headset on. I want to drive race cars. I want to fly fighter jets and, and X wings. Pass that. I'm I'm a simple man, y'all. That's really
2: awesome. <laughs> I will I will, like remember that Captain Morgan in an X-wing. <laughs> oh no no
3: no, Captain Morgan, Captain Morgan and I will shoot down Tie Fighters, and we write the bottom ten on Monday nights during costume. So <laughs>
0: that's a good time.
1: That's it's, what we do. Listen, did. Well, you 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 mentioned earlier your love for the Obi Wan series, which I think is a great segue into our trivia segment because one thing I think that show did a great job of. I would say that's maybe some of the best Anakin related content that we've ever gotten. So today's trivia contest that I've made for you and Caroline uh, is, is all about Anakin Skywalker. All, all of these questions are specifically about Anakin. Like I said, Ryan, I, I'm a little worried thinking about these questions right now. I think you're about to smoke this thing, but we'll see how it goes. Um, before be like
2: exiles all over you, again.
1: never say that. When you say that now, I don't mean I'll, to build you I'll, up. Now, now,
3: I don't know how many questions there are now. Three, three out.
1: questions each. Okay, all right. uh, before we get into it, I, I do a little jingle for our trivia contest every week. Um, Chandler, can you go ahead and play the jingle for our Anakin trivia? Anakin of mine better be proud of me Even if I'm ugly, he'll still kill the younglings When he fights in lava and it burns him black He better say, hmm, I like it like that shit yeah. if he changes sides To dark from light I wanna That's hear him long. say, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah Through his breathing mask and a kin of mine, better part they You Better show me how to fast and slash and squeeze the throats of guys. Need a sin to know how nice. the hatred goes. He's gotta be a half metal, unsettled son, having throat grabbing kind. And a kin of mine, man, you went for it.
3: <laughs> i thought i thought the first two hours that was pretty good yeah
1: listen sometimes sometimes i get a little
3: overindulgent with these that was no 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 i'm, I'm tell I have having time on your hands that was amazing <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was good, that
3: was yeah. and portion i i'll never yeah. recover from that
0: oh, no man. please Next please don't please
1: it. don't tell her about this yeah, um yeah. all right so we'll start with you ryan um what was the name, see this this is already. What was what was the name of Anakin's first Jedi master?
3: Uh well, it was it was Obi-Wan. But I mean I guess well it guess yeah, it was Obi-Wan because uh the guy who originally applied for the job um was not given the job and uh and also uh got a lightsaber through the gut.
1: I was gonna make it Qui Gon Jinn, but I think you got me on a technicality. Yeah, he's got a point.
3: Yeah, Qui Gon wanted to do it, but was flat-told no, and he they said they did well, not
1: take him. You're right; they did not take me,
3: him as a Padawan closely. He said, and then All he right. died. And uh, but then Obi Wan applied for the job and wa- didn't want it and then uh and then you know and then got the job so
1: ryan's so far ahead of me that he he actually got the correct answer when the host of the game show (laughs) did not get the correct answer so one point for ryan caroline anakin first showed signs of his great skill as a pilot while participating in what activity
2: well pod races
1: pod racing is correct one-to-one
3: the best
2: that was I remember vividly going to see cuz I was born after all of them and come out in the theater the original trilogy and the line around the block on base yep. in Ramstein Germany to go see Phantom Menace like incredible.
3: And the Podras and, and Podrasen is the best scene in the movie. So yeah, sure, oh, for it's for so good. Oh, so good. Yep.
1: All right, back to you Ryan. What is the name of the first droid that Anakin built? C-3PO C three PO is correct.
3: Yeah, I'll tell tell you a funny meme that I just dropped recently was, uh, there was Uncle Owen, like by purchasing the droids uh, in A New Hope, and the the meme was him standing there going, "C three PO, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Where did you go?" He said, "Where did you go? Where did you go?" Because he that's where he started in the house. Where did you go? He goes, "Where the hell did you go?"
2: we've been looking
1: for you it's like the like dog the dog showing up on the porch after yeah. a year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right caroline what is the name of anakin
2: skywalker's mother i knew this was coming um
3: a hint it's probably missing a vowel in the middle <laughs> yeah.
2: i can see her face and it's it's very like it's not going to come to me. Uh, no, it's like a meet meter type thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, but it's got those sounds. It's, it's uh, not
1: it's not of the Steve spaceship variety of. Brian,
2: I know Brian knows it. You can Brian, Brian knows
1: it. I bet.
3: What is it, Brian? Shmi. It is me. Yeah. That mi- that's what I'm saying. It's missing a vowel in the middle. Like yeah, You're it's always right. like, it should have been, it should have been something. But, yeah.
1: All right. Caroline's going to need some luck to pull this yeah, out. Ryan, it. your last question What is the name of the lava covered planet where Vader slash Anakin was burned in a fight with Obi Wan leading to his confinement in the famous
3: black suit? Uh, Mustafar.
1: Mustafar. He got yeah. Mustafar. Another,
3: another another funny because my, my Instagram algorithm, as you can imagine, is just com- completely eaten up. It's all Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all it is. And the uh, um, but but another meme of the day was, it was a series of photographs, and it was lasagna or Mustafar. and it was like close up <laughs> pictures of lasagna, and then close up <laughs> pictures of Mustafar. I'm like, I am enjoying this way more than I should.
1: <laughs> just get. Ready.
2: I have the high cheese. That's it, <laughs> Anakin. I like when they do the ones with the uh, like marshmallows. Oh, it's the best! <laughs> <they have> them- <laughs> I hate you, the chosen one. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you, and it's burning. It's
3: the you. best. It's the best. I Dude, saw. I, that was like
2: hey. Revenge of the Sith. Like we talk about Solo, Revenge of the Sith does not get enough love.
1: Oh,
3: no, it's so good. It's just hard so to watch. Good. It's for yeah.
2: sure better. It's
1: for sure better than Episode Two. It was a big step up. Episode yeah, Two just- was
2: the worst
3: one. It's just hard. It's just hard to watch because because you know it's coming, and yeah. you know. And now you knew him as a kid. That's what. And again, the, you know. Spoiler alert for everybody that's y'all had a couple of years, so you should already know this. But <laughs> like in the Kenobi series, that I mean, the the most heartbreaking scene is when he says, "I'm sorry, Anakin. I'm sorry." And he goes, "I'm sorry for all of it," yeah. and that's that's when you're just like, you know, he's a kid. But then, but then we get a reminder in Ahsoka that yes, he was a kid, but he's also super super scary. So, yes. right when you start feeling bad for him, you don't you don't feel bad for him anymore.
1: Oh. He's an angry dude.
3: He's yeah. an angry dude.
1: Caroline, just just to preserve some just dignity here. Yeah. Who were the two witnesses to Anakin and Padmé's wedding?
2: Oh no. Um Was it I think it's Obi-Wan and Jar Jar? It is
1: not. That would be really funny if they yeah. were there. It would be funny. <laughs> Who Do is you that? know what it is, Ryan?
3: Yeah, it's uh, R two and C three PO.
2: That's right. Is it really? Yeah, Ryan swept the
1: whole thing, man.
3: Yep. Killed.
2: Oh it. man, damn. Well done. I knew that was going to be a tough one. I,
3: well, uh, I can't. Th- th- these are the moments where I can't decide if I should be proud or if I should go to therapy. Because Ryan,
2: this was. <laughs> I swear, like that was me with. The X Files episode that we did. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah her like, and Stephen Godfrey were just absolutely.
1: It was like a home run derby where nobody was missing. Every
2: like time. we were giving him extra information on top. Like as he was reading us the question, we're like, Ah, yes, that's that where this happened and these things went on yeah, and everyone right. knew about that. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. wild. Well, you find what you find my brother talks about this all the time. My brother is a is a, he's three years younger than me, but he's so much more mature than I am. And but my brother went to Yale you know, Law School and played baseball like far. I mean, he just he's the man but my brother always talks about this in relation to sports. Like he loves baseball so much. And you're on a plane with someone and my brother's got on an Orioles hat and someone on the plane will go, Oh, you're an Orioles fan. And my brother will go, yeah. And he'll say, well, I'm a big Orioles fan too. And then my brother says, then he can't help himself. And for the next 10 minutes, he talks way too in depth about the Orioles and what they need, and the so and so, and I can't believe we're struggling so much, you know, on the road at night and against left-handers, or whatever else. And you look at the guy next to you, and you go, "Oh, I went too far. Like I went <laughs> way too far. Like that, dude, that, dude, that dude is." I've made a you, huge mistake. He's like, All I did was say I was an Orioles fan nerd. Shut yeah. up. And that, that's that's how I feel sometimes when it comes to this stuff. But so but a lot of time we're on the road during Marty McGee and I will get some fan, go, oh, Ryan, I, I saw a, I saw your, you know, Boba Fett pin. You know, man, Boba Fett, that's great. And then five minutes later, the guy was like, man, why the hell did I even bring this up? Because he, you're he, like, he's you're never like, going to shut up. That's actually Django Fed on the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I will say my last thing, because um, this is where I definitely, you the knowledge is much higher with you. I, my I Just show my true love for this series. Uh, I was in Lake Como two years ago, and I told my friend Brian, I was like, I really want to go to this Balbianello, like, um, Villa, because not only was Star Wars filmed there, but they also did, um, Casino Royale, a scene in Casino Royale. And And it is the most beautiful place I have ever seen in my entire life. We got a beautiful day, but I went and I made, I made my friend. And I'm usually like, I'm a pretty self-sufficient, um, like want to be influencer when and I'm not even, like, but I'll take my own selfies and like, whatever. I don't, I never ask anyone else to do anything, but I did have Brian, my friend, Brian film me doing the, I don't like sand.
3: It's it,
2: huh? <laughs> like right where he leans on the edge. like, I don't like sand. It's
3: no, no, wait. I was in Key West with my wife and we're, we're finally, it's our first, it's our annual post college football. Hi, I'm your husband, Ryan. I'm sorry. I've been gone since Labor Day weekend, you know, trip. <laughs> we always go in the middle of January and uh, next year it'll be, February because the damn National Championship game is going to be on January the twentieth. But we're sitting on a little stretch of beach there in Key West, and I've got my toes in the sand. And she, I was for like ten minutes. I'm just sitting there, and she goes, "Just say it."
2: (laughs) 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 I like sand.
3: Sand, yeah. Of course. (laughs) It's in everywhere and it's It's in my toe. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's. uh, Oh man. That's why. That's why she loves me. I love you. (laughs) I know. That's us.
1: I love it so much. Well, Ryan, uh have fun when you're when you're back at Galaxy's Edge in a couple yes. of weeks. I'm actually going next week, so I'm I'm i right out ahead of you and I'm I'm excited about it. And thanks for, for sharing your passion about this on here. That's what we like to do. This this is like the safe space for people in the sports world to come and, and nerd out about the stuff they love that's not <laughs> sports.
3: Let me tell you something, man. You you and I really just met. But but there's no safer space than a space where someone can do a seven-minute shania time, <laughs> style of the time. that's and,
1: what and that's that's and really what i'm doing i'm humiliating yeah. myself to make the guests no, no. feel comfortable
3: yeah. i just want you to know i just want you to know we're all this is we're we're in the trust tree we're in the nest and this that's how i know because if you, if you can do that everybody's okay with it that you're 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 in the right place <laughs> appreciate oh, it ryan. Oh thanks Please. y'all
2: thank you so much ryan
3: of course
1: all right. Thanks again to Ryan McGee for joining us. Uh, what a fun show and a fun discussion with him. As always, uh, you can reach out to us via email at forthewatercooler@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 802-432-8308. We will play it on the show. We will talk about it and engage with you. You can also follow us on social media. We have an Instagram account at forthewatercooler. Uh, where we post clips from the show. Uh, you can leave us comments, you can message with us there if you want to reach us. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can get in touch with us. You can also get me and Caroline on social media. I'm at Matt Scalisi on everything. She's CW Darney on I think every platform at this point. And um, yeah, thanks to everybody for joining us. Leave us a review wherever you uh, get your podcast from. Those are really helpful to us, and we always appreciate that. And we will be back again next week on the show where we're going to be joined by Jason Kirk, a big friend of, of the, for the water cooler gang in general and a, and another member of the shutdown full cast who we're excited to have on the show next week with us. So we will see everybody next week here on for the water cooler.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of, uh,